0: 760 WJR with housing information you can trust now here's the inside guy Chuck Bridenstine and the outside guy Ken Calverly
1: good morning everybody and welcome to the weekend and another edition of housing information you can trust right here on AM 760 WJR how you doing partner
2: I'm doing good life is good man nothing to complain about
1: life is good and for all the cruisers out there right now driving down Woodward Avenue listening to us uh, Give a honk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, hopefully up on the eighth floor of the Fisher here, we'll hear your horn. Yeah, no, right I don't think you we will. no, not that far away. No, I that don't think so. You'd have to have one heck of a horn.
1: Were you listening to uh, Steve, Jim, and um, Cam on the way in?
2: Absolutely, I was. Yep, they're yeah. a lot of fun.
1: They are a lot of fun, and you can just tell they're from. Uh, For me, listening, they're from the generation. They're from your generation. They're, I mean, they are your generation. The stuff they're talking about. Um, when it comes to cars and uh, driving a Beetle,
2: yeah, you don't. Did you, you,
1: like ever, cars. Did you ever, ever have a VW
2: Bug? You know what's funny about that? A good friend of mine and now yours, Pat Bush, uh-huh. had. Uh, Pat came from a tough background, so they didn't even have a car, right? <sighs> okay, but they had. Mean friends. Streets
1: of Midland is that it, or <laughs> Mean Streets of Mount Pleasant? <laughs> Mount he really
2: Pleasant. did. Okay. He uh, anyway. Long Forget story it. short, he had friends that would lend him a Volkswagen Beetle when he started dating. Okay. Now I'll never forget. He calls me one morning. He said, "Charlie, I need your help." What? What? He says, "You got any good glue or cark?" I said, f- "What? What's going?" They had pushed out the windshield on this Volkswagen. How
1: did they do that,
2: Charlie? I have no idea.
1: Oh boy, that's funny. That is. But like, it didn't break. My first. Thought. So he
2: needed to put it in before he returned. It.
1: My first thought when you said something about a BW, those weren't exactly the kind uh, a very comfortable car, you know, for two people. I mean, you'd want a, a Cadillac, so, you know, a big Cadillac. We were, I
2: had an Eldorado. I then. had a Galaxy Five
1: Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> those had big, big. You could seats. put a
2: picnic table in this car. This that uh, Eldorado, they were huge. But oh yeah, but, yeah, Volkswagen Beetle. It's funny. My first car was a '67 Mustang three-speed.
1: Oh my goodness. Mine was a 1976 Plymouth Volare <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <Volari. laughs> that had
1: holes in the, in the, in the um, floorboards in the back. <laughs> Talking about rough background, that's funny.
2: 700 that's funny. bucks, man. That was a heck of a deal.
1: Yeah. So today uh, on the Inside Outside, guys, how are we going to connect the show with the Woodward crews besides taking people's phone calls? We're going to put a little garage trivia out there. There's some real neat statistics about garages, attached garages, detached garages. And we'll also be taking your calls at 888-654-GUYS, which equals 888-654-4897. So, right now, your garage, how's it look?
2: Not bad, but not like I'd like it to.
1: I'd say that's, I'm probably the other way. Not like I'd like it to and bad. I could park two vehicles in it right now, you could, yeah, oh good it's
2: it's a it's an oversized two stall garage, and uh I can easily get two vehicles in it, but I got more stuff laying around that I feel good about, and I need to spend a day just tossing
1: and I'm just gonna throw it out there because I know it's going to come up sometime today it's and we've mentioned it so many times it's the old George Carlin get about yeah. stuff, oh gosh, and it is yeah. so true if no one's ever. Heard this skit. Go on YouTube, check out the skit after the show here today. And uh, it's just about stuff. And what happens? You build a bigger garage, and what do you do? You fill it full of stuff, and then you build a shed, and you fill it full of stuff. And it really is true because now we're spending yep. our lady years trying to get rid of a lot of that stuff.
2: I mean, if you walk around some, and look, I was just thinking of my shed. And, again, I mean, my snowblower's back there, the lawnmower's there. So there's stuff but, there, but there's things that I don't use anymore. You know, I've got a really, really good, high-quality wet saw back there. Yeah. And I don't install tile anymore or cut brick, you know. I mean, I just and it just sits there, but I can't move it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of beyond me anymore. Can you sell it? I could. Would yeah. you?
1: Yeah. But things are so easy. Effort. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't, buddy. It doesn't. <laughs> things are so easy to sell. I think about when I was back at my, my Green Road house, yeah. my barn that was... Full of stuff. How big was that barn? 32 by 50 something. Yeah, that was huge. It, it was a huge barn. It was you know, five kids worth of full of stuff. <laughs> and when I left there, I gave so much stuff away that if they had Facebook Marketplace today, or back then, like they have it today, I could have sold so much more stuff back then. I wasn't the kind of guy, I'm like you, putting yeah. it on something like Craigslist or eBay, no, that's not me. That takes more effort. But to put it on Facebook Marketplace, no matter what it is, it's a picture, and it's a post. It's it's really that easy, and I just sold my truck that way a couple weeks ago. And, and I'm not a, I'm not the kind of guy that sells stuff. I'm really not. I'd rather not. Yeah. I don't like negotiating for that kind of I'm stuff. The same way. So, take- but if you've got a garage full of stuff, you'd be surprised the stuff you can get rid of for free that you don't want that people will come and take. It, it, it really is amazing.
2: Interesting. I'll have to try that Facebook Marketplace. So, do
1: you have any garage envy? Have you ever had garage envy? You look at another man's garage and go, "Oh, I want that garage."
2: Buildings, for sure. Building envy. okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it so much with garages, but I've certainly seen it without buildings, where it's like, "I want
1: that." I, you know
2: what? You're right about that. To build I've myself seen that as well. one.
1: Yeah, I've seen that as well.
2: But then I just fill it full of junk.
1: That's true. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> not at your age. Not at your age. No, it you're right. I wouldn't. And we say that because when we're younger, we do. You know, fill our garage with so much junk, and I'm now that I'm in my 50s, I honestly feel that since I sold my last home in 2015, this side of the marriage, me, have been trying to get rid of stuff over time. My wife, not so much. You and I together, (laughs) but it says 52 percent of homeowners envy their neighbor's garage. 52 percent of homeowners, I believe that. Yep.
2: Hey, if you're looking for a quality heating, ventilating, air conditioning install, a lot of people are looking for new air conditioners in this beautiful summer we've had, and you need a good warranty with great product backed by good people, then Dana and Jim at CNC HVAC are your people, right?
1: Absolutely. Whether it's Eric behind the counter or you need some help from Dana, the daughter, or Jim, the dad, you can count on CNC heating and cooling.
0: WJR Traffic and Weather First. Find professional contractors you can trust at InsideOutsideGuys.com. Now, once again, here are Ken Calverly and Chuck Bridenstine.
2: Welcome back, everybody. We do appreciate you being with us. 888-654-4897. That's 888-654-GUYS. That's an easy moniker to remember, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. And because today is Cruise Day, Woodrow Cruise Day, uh, the best thing we could do connect the cruise with housing is to talk about where those cars are all stored. And the Na- the National Association of Professional Organizers found that 50% of homeowners named the garage as the most disorganized area in their house. <laughs> Those wheels are spinning. I see you start thinking. It's not <laughs> in mine. It's not in yours.
2: I've got a uh, storage area under a large front porch. It's a it's a nice size area. I built it with great intention, and it has been full, filled full of crap. <laughs> For 22 years, and I can't, I'm going to go down there one of these days and
1: just start tossing. Your front porch has a, a space underneath it?
2: Oh, big, big space.
1: Well, you never told me that. Big, dry, that. nice now, that's space. That's very, it's not very um, common. No. Under a front porch. I mean, Especially not of, anymore. That, I mean, not that, anymore, exactly. That's a young
2: house, but we built it. Uh, you know, I built up high and drain well, and yada yada yada. Sure. it's a great space, and I built it as kind of a safe room with
1: a huge overhang. You got a porch roof on oh, yeah. top oh, as yeah, well, oh. so that really helps. Yeah, it's under a roof. Yeah, and it, yeah, uh, but that
2: space—if we—if a tornado came, we couldn't all get in there. I don't—I mean, it's just ridiculous. You'd so be throwing stuff out as that a makes my going garage over. look clean yeah, <laughs> by comparison. <laughs>
1: Actually, my I've got a room like that in the basement as well. That's pretty organized. My my I gotta say it. It's my shed's pretty organized for me. My shed is my garage, not so much. Oh, yeah. I need to get in there. And well, here's the thing: every time I get my garage straightened out, one of my kids moves, <laughs> or or you know, when we sold, we still have stuff in there from when we sold the cottage up north. You know, in there, and, and what we're gonna wind up doing oh. soon is just donating it because,
2: you know. What, what about, about a that Facebook had, marketplace thing? Touche. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Touche, <laughs> you're right. But a lot of the stuff we're going to donate because, you know, just we do. And I told you I don't like to, I don't like to sell stuff. Hey, any and all of your housing <laughs> questions, 888-654-GUYS, which equals 888-654-4897.
2: You know, big surprise, the National Association of Home Builders uh, – is telling us that new home starts are down from April 20% nationally. I know. I know. And I'm surprised. So when you hear that, do you immediately say, well, there aren't enough buildable lots? I mean, we certainly haven't overbuilt anywhere. There's nowhere where new houses are sitting unoccupied.
1: This is unusual. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying.
2: The uh, (laughs) mortgage, I think. I think mortgage rates scared our kids because they had never seen... I mean, 5% to our kids is like 12% to us 35, 40 years ago. Right,
1: right.
2: So I'm thinking that's part of it. It shouldn't be. I think you're
1: right, but it shouldn't be. No,
2: that's cheap money by...
1: (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we, we can blame the government. Guess, Any Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, nah. they, they pick winners and losers, and this is the kind of stuff that frustrates me because if you look right now, if you would have bought a home three months ago when the interest rates were low compared to what you buy for now with interest rates, uh, a $300,000 loan is going to be quite a bit more per month. Yeah. And that's what – you know, I heard Dave Ramsey say this years ago. Poor people ask how much a month – Rich people ask how much, yeah. not that I'm poor or rich, Yeah, but no. that's what it comes down to because sure. no matter what the interest rate is, if you do the math and say, okay, I'm buying it for $300,000, if I pay the 30-year mortgage up, it's going to cost me six hundred some thousand dollars So you got to do that math and think what it is long-term.
2: You know, I also, decades ago, remember reading that one of the things that made this country great was the fact that someone that was poor could build equity in a piece of real estate over 20, 30 years, say, you know, whatever that number is. And because of that, and it was interesting, and and I'm going to, you know, foreshorten this, but but the gentleman's statement was to the effect that one of the reasons we'll never lose a war is because every citizen has more to lose in this country. He said if you go to Russia or or North Korea or North, whatever, Vietnam, they don't own anything. They own the clothes on their back, and that's it. That's a good
1: point. And it that's was
2: interesting. It was, it was one of those things you couldn't help but read and go, oh.
1: We that, have more to defend, in other words. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah make pre- Tell you what, what concerns me, Chuck, and, and we know that we've talked. We don't know, okay, but you and I spoke about the supposed slowdown coming coming to the country compared to where it was 10, 12, 15 years ago with the housing uh. crisis. Yeah. And what makes me nervous is I don't we don't believe that there's going to be a housing crisis anytime soon. Nope. But so many people went into a house over the last couple of years knowing they they paid too much. Negative equity when they moved into the house. I and mean, we hear about it. Someone will get 50000 more than the asking price, and it only appraised for the asking price, so they, they literally will bring money to them yeah. Yeah. to get that house. And that just makes me nervous that so many people overpaid for property, which tells me that everyone totally forgot about the housing crisis back in 2008.
2: It's a darned if you do. You're agreeing
1: with me, aren't you? We're I have a hard time I, doing it.
2: I am having a hard time only because, I mean, you're right. I think you're 100% right. The the darn if you do, darn if you don't aspect of that is somebody needs a house. Yeah, the only available one that you know that, that meets their needs, you know, maybe school system, proximity to job, proximity to medical care, whatever those you know criteria are, is sitting right there, and all you got to do is come up with an extra forty grand, <laughs> you know, above asking. And, and the banks aren't it.
1: risking anything at that point. I mean, unless yeah. unless the values go down, but the right. banks aren't risking anything at that point. So I. Don't blame them. They're not giving the loans out like they used to in the past. The drive-by, you know, the drive-by uh, appraisals and and people that yeah. didn't really qualify. They're not doing that like they did in the past. So that's why we say it's not going to be a housing. You know, it should it shouldn't be a housing crisis. I don't way, think we will have point. any kind of housing crisis. I really don't. I agree I, with you. I, I think
2: the government could create something. I don't think we will. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, there's just too much demand out there. And like you said, the banks are not handing money to people that can't afford to pay it back. So that's the biggest thing.
1: Agreed. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. We get back. We'll talk to Amy from Ypsilanti and be taking your phone calls on any and all of your housing needs.
2: I like that. Hey, this week we wrote an article that is timely, especially with the weather starting to turn a little bit. Regarding gutters, downspouts, gutter protection, and we refer to a company in that article that Ken and I gladly refer for a tremendous gutter system and gutter protection system, and of course that company is Atlas Home Improvement.
0: You have housing questions? The Inside Outside guys on WJR have the answers. Here are Ken and Chuck.
1: 25% of people with a two-car garage don't park in them at all. A third can only park one car, largely due to garage clutter.
2: That was you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you parking any vehicles in yours? I, you know
1: what? I have never parked my cars in my garage.
2: Your wife You either. In the wintertime? in the winter time, the winter to time go to well. Board. That's part of it. For me. Jeepers, I've buddy. never parked
1: them in garage because I don't like my house looking like it's empty. I really don't, because when I park cars in the garage, there's no cars out in front, and it looks like we're empty. I know you a- totally
2: ignored the consideration for your bride in January.
1: Look, I take care of my bride in January through January. Okay, all year long, I fill up her tank. If snow in a car, I brush it up. I don't you worry about my bride, pal. Okay, <laughs> she's doing just fine. Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. We're going to talk to Amy in Ypsilanti. Good morning, Amy. You're on with the guys.
4: Hey guys, thanks so much for taking my call. Our neighbors and I—we share, uh, well, we did share about a 20-year-old hawthorn tree, and it was right near the property line. They cut it down. Neither of us really, neither of us liked it. Cut it down. It's about a 12-inch stump right now. They cut it down about two years ago, but the thick, thick roots—they um, continue to grow little hawthorn shoots that go across um, our, particularly our lawn. How can we get rid of that problem?
1: Have you had the stump ground down?
4: No, what what the neighbors did is they had um, several holes bored into the uh, stump, but it wasn't ground down.
1: And I mean, the only way, because those roots if they're still getting water and they're still connected to the stump, they're still going to be growing those thorns. Yeah. So you've got to separate the root from the stump yep. as best as possible. So I mean, the, okay. the stump grinders—they—they they, I had a guy come to my house for a hundred bucks last year. They're, they're inexpensive, and what you make sure you tell them so it might cost you fifty bucks more is you want it ground down like twelve inches down underneath the um, grade all around it. And you kill those roots where it meets the stump and, and those will stop growing.
4: Okay. All right. Is that something that we have to hire someone for or is it something that, you know, we can go to like deluxe rental and get a, you know, a grinder or.
1: You know, for, for honestly, for what their um for what a guy will come out and do it for, I wouldn't bother renting it. Like I said, a hundred bucks. I called him. He came out to my place. And and for a hundred bucks, I, I wouldn't okay. bother with renting one for that price.
2: I wouldn't either. And it's, okay. it is a dangerous machine to use if you're not familiar with the equipment.
1: Right? I mean, right. I don't mean to be
2: cocky, but I might do it or you might do it, but I wouldn't suggest just anybody do it. It's like using a wood chipper.
1: You you're know? right. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah or okay. you know, you just you, you take an axe, very sharp axe, you dig around those roots, and you just try to cut those roots where they meet the stump. Is Far, far down as you go, but you have to separate those roots. That's
2: I found that with ash trees, and and I would uh, then spray the exposed uh, cutting on the stump side with a poison, with an herbicide. There you go. Yep.
5: Uh, that uh, should kind of end your problem.
1: Did
2: uh, I used Roundup.
1: Just you know okay. what, when you do oh, it, you just make sure you're at Roundup. You can use a generic Roundup. Just make sure you're not downwind of it when you spray. That's if you don't get it on you. You have nothing to worry. about.
2: No. Exactly, and it's effective.
4: Okay. okay. What um, okay. Where, Who would you recommend over this way to get to grind that down?
1: You know what? If you just Google in your area as far as a, a stump grinder, you can find one real close, I'm sure. Or if you want to send us an okay. email, we can see who we am in your area.
4: Now, the uh, neighbor said that they called somebody out, and they said that they were going to pour something down into that stump what uh um, probably an herbicide yeah yeah
6: okay yeah um, okay,
1: yeah. okay. Yeah,
4: they'll drill it holes like the grinding down would
2: just take care of it it does Ken's right, hundred percent you're okay. done with it it's I used gone.
1: To, I used to drill holes in my I mean at the property man now i' would We've done it down. all that I would drill the holes, I would put gasoline down there, <laughs> I would put yep. oil down there and let it sit for a few okay. days, I'd wait for a dry day, I'd set it on fire it'd smoulder but I'd still. It's just easier to get when I you're still have a stump. You're right. You're right. Just a charred stump. Now. Yeah. Okay, Amy. Thank okay. you so much well, for thank the call. You
4: so much. All right, right, You're bye. welcome. All right, bye bye.
1: All right, Dan in Farmington Hills, you're up, buddy. How's it going? Hello, Dan.
3: Go. I added a room about the size of a double garage, so it's separate from my furnace and air conditioning. I have electric baseboard heating in that room, and I go to Florida in the winter. So my question is, can I just close the door to that room and walk away, or should I leave a window open, or sh- can I operate a fan on an intermediate basis in the room while I'm in Florida?
1: Good question. I'm so there's about no plumbing
2: of any kind in nope. there, right? That's yeah, I, I mean, if you bought a cheap box fan and left it on low, uh, I know a lot of people who who have cottages on lakes and they'll winterize them for the water aspect of it, uh, with electric baseboard heat. And then they'll just circulate air with a small box fan. It doesn't take much. Just the consistency is what's and important. And that's the
1: important part is circulating the air, right? Yep. yep. The air moving, you're not going to get yeah, the mold, doing Yeah, I need uh,
2: the, do uh, the electric
3: baseboard heating off. Okay. I mean, it's cold.
2: Yeah. If there's no plumbing in there and you can keep the air moving so there's no stagnation, um, the only risk you run is that if your frame freezes you might get some drywall cracks that you had not gotten previously.
3: Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now when we'll I'm done short, I won't be worrying about this room.
2: <laughs> Good to hear. Okay. Thank
1: you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye eight 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 six five four guys let's stick to the phone and talk to dean in davison hey dean how's it going you're on with the guys
3: uh, good morning guys thank you for t- taking the call i have a bay window issue um i have my front of my house is got a, a brick veneer and what i, I was doing in a summer inspection of the the of the bay window and when they built the house in 98 to the the interface between the shingles on the top of the bay window and the brick veneer. They just put an aluminum uh, piece that's about four inches wide, nailed it to the brick, and then put some roofing tar on it, which has subsequently dried out and got cracked and will eventually start leaking. So I was doing my research, and it looks like the best way to seal between a bay window roof and brick veneer is called a reglet flashing. And when I started to contact contractors, it's such a small job, um, no one wants to touch it. Um, and basically what I'm looking for is a mid-Michigan contractor that can either supply me with the riglet flashing, and I'll end up cutting the groove in the brick, and then you push it into the groove, and then you seal it and do it myself, or have someone do the whole job.
1: Good call. Good call. We can have some discussion on this. Um, you say it's a small job. It's a small job, but if someone takes on this job for a small price, there is a lot of liability. So when they go in there, if they keep that in mind, it may be too expensive for somebody. Now you can go to a lot of um, uh, aluminum or siding stores. It used to be what was the one siding world, and they would bend the. Bend the aluminum for you. And custom sure, bend it. Yeah, I'm sure you can still find places that will custom bend for the flashing, and I would think if you if you're competent, you you could do it yourself.
2: Yeah, it's a matter of I mean, what you're talking about is installing what we call a counter flashing, and we always installed that the way you're describing, where we literally would saw cut into the masonry, tuck the metal flashing into a bead of of high-end caulk or mortar or both, and then that flashing comes out and overlaps the flashing from the shingles, uh, the individual shingle cards, if you will, flashing cards. Uh, But there's a lot of people out there that don't do that. They depend on tar and and a tube of caulk. (laughs) I don't
1: mean to laugh, but you're so right. Yeah,
2: well, and it sounds like that's kind of what he got originally installed there. What do you think? So, long story short, you could do it. You could have someone custom cut that for you, custom bend it for you, and of course, that is the proper way to do it.
1: I think I've got a guy. Let me let me uh, check my contacts here real quick. Yeah, but what I've guy, noticed the,
3: is a lot of the uh, roofing companies in Genesee County don't even bother returning my call because they know it's a small job and they they want to do a whole house roofing and it's like you know.
2: Of course and, they do.
3: You know, we haven't yeah. even gotten to cost issues. It's strictly a matter of, you know, desirability to do the work. And I'm sure labor uh, is hard to get right now. So, Hey, Dean,
1: you got a pen Andy? Yeah. Yep. This gentleman just took care of my I've – known, I've known Bill um, from – remember Bill from Knowles Roofing? Years oh, ago. yeah. Knowles Roofing's not around anymore. Yeah. But Bill, um, when we get back from break, if you want to listen, I'm going to give you Bill – I'm going to put out Bill's cell phone number when we get back from break. I'm sure he'd be willing to come over and take care of this for you. Okay.
3: All right. was good.
1: All right. We'll talk about that when we get back to break. In the meantime, Chuck, we're getting a lot of emails from people just want to update their their uh, cabinetry and their in their kitchen, but not get to make full the kitchen faces. look
2: brand new without a full tarot.
1: Exact. There you go. Boy, you said that nice. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> and we have a company for them. It's amazing what people can do with a good paint company. You know, I said years ago, I'll never paint again once I saw a professional paint like McFarlane painting. So if it's new cabinets, interior walls, exterior of your house, you want it painted right, you want to consider McFarlane painting.
0: Here for you today and every day, this is the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Here are Chuck and Ken. Phone lines are open,
2: 888-654-4897. Hey, a little follow-up to Dean there from Davison Best Materials, a company called Best, B-E-S-T, Materials, stocks uh, various uh, shapes and profiles of regular flashings, counter flashings. So you can call them at 800-474-7570.
1: 474-7570. Or you can call our friend from uh, Knowles Roofing, yeah. um, Bill, 586 212 9115, once again, 586 And we're also taking your phone calls at 888 654 guys, which equals 888 654 4897. And you know, Chuck, flashing is, we would not recommend most people try flashing themselves, would we? It is really something that a professional A lot of people call
2: themselves professionals can't flash and counter flash. So, yeah, it's generally not a a do-it-yourself project.
1: You know, I remember some of the first times I went up on roofs when I first got into the industry, and I would see the flashing that was on there, and it wasn't caulked. And I would think, something's wrong here. This has to be caulked. (laughs) Right? You get what I'm saying? Oh, I do. And it didn't need to be caulked. The way the flashings are done right, the only place it should be caulked is where they meet together and where they meet the brick. That's it.
2: Actually, the irony is, um, I mean, the old cathedrals and whatnot, that's where I kind of learned my by studying what they did, how to do that, because obviously they didn't have any caulks. Right. You know, they right. uh, discovered, you know, some tar and oakum products where they'd stuff, you know, Clays. tar-saturated right. rope into joints. But in those old buildings where they properly flashed and counter-flashed, you could crawl in the attic and you could look out and actually see daylight Absolutely. And yet they never allowed water or anything in.
1: You know, you're right. I've been in so yeah. many attics, and I see daylight looking up. And I remember the old me when I first started the business, there's something wrong there. And there's not something wrong there. No. You know? um, and, and I guess the only thing that could get in there maybe some critters. But those are, those are such thin, things. Yeah, small bugs, Mike. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But why would they? Yeah. Why would they? Eight yeah. eight eight six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. We're about to come on to. Um, I guess it's it's a kind of a new season in uh, the Midwest. It's stink marmaladed stink bug season <laughs> and uh, box elder season.
2: Uh, that's true.
1: And we're going to start seeing these soon, and we get a lot of we get a lot of emails about those. And of course, normally what we do is. If you want to totally get rid of those things, you call Rove, R-O-V-E, pest control. They can take care of any pest you have around your house. But they're going to start congregating on the southwest side of your house. And they love to literally sit on that siding and then make their homes right against that, inside that siding. And then periodically through the year, you'll see, everyone does it. I see it. You see one in your house. How did that get in there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. and. One of the best things we have found that works to keep them off your siding is a a mix of water and Dawn um, soap. Dawn soap. You can spray the actual bugs with it, but that will also help them, obviously, come off your siding. But you have to do that between the rains as well to keep them off your siding.
2: Yeah, it's funny because uh, Dawn soap, I guess, will actually kill insects. And you read about it, it's kind of scary because they respirate through their shells I guess and and that soap shuts off that respiration. You know, it would be the same thing as someone putting a dry cleaning bag over your head which I think has been done a couple times hasn't it?
1: <laughs> For too long <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, got
2: to take that bag off your head
1: <laughs> um, So that 's something you can do. Now, another thing the way those things especially the stink bugs, they like to find places to to congregate and mate so if you 've got stuff that have covers over it like a grill with the cover over it, you let that grill up, you 're going to find a lot of those. If you take a um, a downy, a downy um, dryer sheet and put that underneath there, those critters don 't like that isn 't that funny It is funny you wonder
2: it funny. what it is
1: and i i 've had that because I have a cover for my grill. My beautiful Traeger grill. And I used to pull it off and there'd be those stink bugs. And then once I put a downy sheet in there, they never came around again at all.
2: So, I love it. Yeah. yeah. We know doesn't they're... like practicing that stuff yourself to make sure it actually
1: works. Right. And we talk a lot about this, Chuck, about when you seal your house up for air, you seal them up from the bugs. If you want to seal them up for the bugs, you'll also seal it up for the air, which is not a bad thing to do around your house. We're and, big believers in that. And, and one of the places you want to really look is in um, the corners, like in your basement. Any places that you'll see spider webs build nests, those are areas that most likely need to be sealed. Not nest, webs, I'm sorry, need to be sealed.
2: You know, it's funny because um, you and I... Have for years have talked about you could get two people on one of the real dark nights we have where you have someone uh, with a good high-powered flashlight yeah. on the outside of the of the floor frame perimeter and someone down in the basement and it'll, it's shocking how much light you'll see through gaps and cracks in that part of the house if you've never sealed it. Right, And of course the bugs can find every one of those. Right. Critters can find every one of those.
1: Absolutely. Hey, people stick around for, uh, let's see who we got coming up next here. Stick around for the next hour of the Inside Outside, guys. We're going to be taking your phone calls at 888-654-GUYS. You name the subject, we're here for you. In the meantime, talk a little bit of garage trivia. And Wall Street Journal survey of 900 homeowners found that only 70% of their garage space allows for parking.
2: You know what's funny about that, too, is what a huge luxury a garage is. When you think about it, how unique that is to this country that we actually extend the buildings that are our homes in a similar fashion. You know, the same brick, siding, shingles. I mean, it's costly. It's expensive. Amen. Electrical, sometimes heating, sometimes water is run out there. And the intended purpose of that is to have a place to pull your car into when the weather's nasty. That's what they're for, right?
1: Yeah. That's what they're for. 80% – excuse me, 82% of realtor surveys said a disorganized garage has a major first impression of anyone looking at their home. I believe in that. I do, too. I, I think anything. We used to, I used to use the, the, the phrase, wasting a showing. That if you're selling your house, you don't want to waste a showing. anyone that walks into your house, you want to make sure that it's pristine. And if they walk into a garage that's disorganized, how are they going to think the rest of the house looks behind everything? Absolutely. And people are not good at seeing
2: past clutter or junk, or I used to say wallpaper. If you have an, a, a really flashy wallpaper in your kitchen, That's all they're going to see, even though you may have a stunning, (laughs) world-class kitchen. You're right. But they can't see past the wallpaper, and it doesn't occur to them that, you know, it's a three-hour job to strip that wallpaper off. You know, another three hours to paint it or have McFarland
1: painting paint it. You're right. (laughs) People are funny. (laughs) You know, Kearns Brothers, they're famous for roughs, right? But they they also can take care of that flashing on your chimney. If they come out and they give you a new roof, they repair your roof, whatever they do for your roof, they'll make sure they properly flash any penetrations in that roof, especially against the chimney. Oh,
2: that's a strength of theirs. It's artwork when when Kearns Brothers is up on the roof and takes care of those things. Hopefully you'll appreciate that, and this next segment of the Inside Outside Guys is sponsored by Kearns Brothers. (laughs)
0: Welcome to the Inside Outside Guys on News Talk 760 WJR. From the roof to the basement, from the street to the back fence, they've got you covered. Here are Chuck Bridenstine and Ken Calverly.
2: Appreciate you being with us. I want to remind you uh, this next hour, the phone lines are going to be open for you. 888-654-4897. We'd love to hear from you, even if you're just calling from your uh, 19... 64 Mustang convertible as you cruise down Woodward.
1: I would like to know what is the most expensive classic car out there. Not one, you know, not the. That's actually
2: movies. in the cruise or, That's or actually in, in the, the world. Cu-
1: it's actually in the, well, you know, I know there's some classic cars that are probably worth a mil- you know, million or sure. half million, but out there oh, today, I'd like All right, but I don't care if I had 20 million in the bank. If I had a car that was worth a million, would you drive it? I mean, would you drive it uh, in rush hour traffic? You know, and um, Steve, Jim, and um, Cam had a, a great point this morning about those cars were prone to overheat. Those cars were not made to be. And we've had some some Woodward Cruises. It was in the 90s, and yeah. they were breaking down everywhere.
2: Yeah, the stop-and-go traffic. It is not yeah those 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 big engines need a lot of air moving over them.
1: I have a good friend. I believe it's a '69 Roadrunner. It might be a '70, but it's over a hundred thousand dollar car. Sure, when he tells me, but I've never seen him driving. <laughs> I've never seen. Him yeah, driving. it's
2: funny because I've always been the guy, and you've heard me say this probably. I wouldn't buy a vehicle that I didn't drive. Yeah, uh, you know that's my whole thing is to have fun driving them, not to look at them. You know. Uh, so, my answer to your first question is yeah, I would drive it. If I bought it and if I could afford go. to buy it, I would drive it. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, I've never understood these guys that own 30, 40 cars, and I never be that. And they don't drive any of them. They just have people take care of them and maintain them and start them you know, a couple times a year and do it. It's like, why? They're fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I agree with you. I agree. With you. Chuck, do you know as much as one third of a house's front exterior? can be taken up by its garage doors one third
2: i mean if you if you combine that with the front door the entry door system because you and i talk about all the time that you, you could do a simple upgrade to your house just by replacing the garage door and the front door oh, front you're entry right. door
1: correct right. and get a good portion of that value back when you sell the house yeah yeah so it's a it's a, a big upgrade you can do to your house to make it look better now Are your garage doors that you have at your house are now insulated? Yes. Yes, mine are as well. Both, yeah. Yeah, both places. Uh,
2: You know what? I like them because they're heavier. Same. And they seem to track better over time than the embossed, stamped, lightweight, you know, non-insulated ones. Uh, So for me, I would get it even if it weren't for the fact that, that they're insulating, you know, and helping keep the garage temperature
1: moderate. Right. 654 guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. Taking any and all of your housing questions. There's just a, a house built next to me, not next right by me, that has a two-car garage, but no access door, which I thought was really unusual. I thought that was part of the code that a garage at least should have. Well, shouldn't have a, a second exit or entryway.
2: No, as long as you can get out of the house. I would think
1: it would be part of the code. I really would.
2: Yeah, the code is funny. We know know, the egress uh, requirements for bedrooms. Right. But basically the front door, uh, what we call the front door, meets all the code requirements for egress in a house notwithstanding the bedroom requirements.
1: I just, you know, if you're in your garage, your garage door's down, a fire starts, you got to run back in through your house and back out through the front door. <laughs>
2: well, funny. unless there's another back door. But yeah, I mean, I've, I lived in a lot of houses with my parents that the only second door was into the garage, like you're saying, the attached garage. But that three foot, zero inch by six foot, eight inch, typically front door doesn't, the code doesn't say it has to be your front door. Oh, meets, I know. It meets yeah. that egress requirement.
1: Do you have a... Access door at your house, secondary access, a regular door on your garage. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I can't conceive building a garage without one. S- same, same. No. Do you ever use it? All the time. I don't, at all. It No, mine actually really? goes to my backyard. Um, where you open mine, at, it goes to my backyard. I never go on that side of the house, gotcha. so I literally have my workbench up against it because I just don't use that door.
2: So do you keep your garage door open then? Or you just don't go outside? I, I don't.
1: Out of the garage, I don't go outside through the side garage entry door. Gotcha. No. If, I go through, if I go through the garage, I go through the main, the main garage door. But i uh, me personally, I'm ready for a couple new garage doors. So I would say within next ten years, not excuse me, next year. Or so we're going to buy a couple new garage doors. The ones we have now are original to the house. We had them painted by Rhino Shield oh, a few yeah. years back, which made them look absolutely beautiful and brand new. But it's it's getting older. starting to struggle a little bit more. Uh, actually, starting to see a couple cracks in it. But it's time for a new garage door for us i would
2: say our our primary method of coming and going from the house is through the garage
1: mm. yeah okay. even if
2: we don't pull in with a car
1: and there's a good percentage of people that do that i get yeah, that that, that
2: get is that. us now that you ask
1: yes yeah, so. 888 let's talk to virginia in toledo good morning virginia you're on with the guys
7: I have, well, I have actually a story as well as a, a problem. I Tell us a story, Virginia. I, okay, <laughs> story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I live in a neighborhood that it, 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 I'm going to say is old. It is not, it's, a, it's not your typical high, you know, where houses are met, sold for high. Let's put it this way. My house went up because the next-door neighbor, and I'll tell you what, he thought he was going to get $100,000 out of his house, and I thought, I don't think so because mine was fifteen five. The house out of our neighborhood would have cost 100000 but in our neighborhood would not have cost 100000 What got me is he got 888 8, dollars for it. My taxes went up. Uh, my taxes went up $5,000. Now I have a $20,000 house.
2: Are you in the city of
1: Detroit? Toledo.
2: I live
7: in Toledo. I live on the east side of Toledo.
1: Wow. Can you stick around uh, until after this call? Okay. We'll continue our discussion with Virginia from Ohio in just a second. Hey, coming up
2: after the guys today, we have a good friend of ours that's going to take over the second hour there, that bonus hour (laughs) between noon and 1.
1: PWS. (laughs) Along with the uh, guys from Max and Rob from uh, Motor City Floors and Coatings are going to be at uh, Pontiac Concourse and uh, actually sponsoring it. It'll be a great show. Make sure you listen to our good friend Paul W. Smith and the boys from Motor City Floors and Coatings after we're done from noon to 1.
0: Find professional contractors you can trust at insideoutsideguys.com. Now, once again, here are Ken Calverley and Chuck Bridenstine.
1: Not just professional f- contractors you can find at the insideoutsideguys.com, but great advice as well. Whether you're looking for a contractor or you just need some advice during the week, go to the insideoutsideguys.com, click on ask a question, and we will get back to you either Chuck or myself with a answer. 100%. All right, right now we're talking to uh, Virginia in, Tol- in Toledo. In Virginia, you, uh, have you made it your mind? Are you going to sell the house and run away with the cash to Tahiti?
7: Oh, you're right. I, I'm <laughs> going, like I told the last person who called me, I says I'm going to die in this house. So stop calling me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, you said your taxes went up. Uh, yeah. If you don't mind, no, none of us <laughs> knows where you are or anything. What's the value of your house, and what are the taxes on it?
7: My value in my well, I'm on the Homestead Act. I'm handicapped. Yep. But, but regularly, my value of my house would have like, well, let's put it this way: last time I looked, was four hundred. If it was not on a Homestead to Act, it'd be four hundred bucks.
2: Four hundred thousand.
7: No, four hundred dollars. Four hundred bucks.
2: No, the That's value what I'm talking of your about home. The
7: neighbor, my value of my home is only fifty. Well, now it's twenty, but it was fifteen five.
1: Okay, so the value went up five thousand
7: dollars. Right.
1: So, like you said, if you don't mind us asking, what are your yearly taxes on a on a twenty thousand dollars house?
7: Mine. Okay, with the Homestead Act, it's it's eighty eight dollars.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes more sense. Okay. So what's the issue? Yeah,
7: with- the issue with mine is not well. It is a house, but what you get this is what you get. my when it's a hundred and ten year old house. Um, I'm trying to tackle those problems one at a time. But now I've got a problem in the backyard. I bought my mom a um, lilac bush for the backyard, and over the years, the stinkwood tree, whatever, grew up through the middle of it. The lilacs still bloom, but how do I get rid of the stinkwood without killing the lilacs?
2: First of and all, I they're haven't... not a lilac bush; they're a lilac weed, and I love them. Oh,
7: no, not... <laughs> it's a lilac bush.
2: <laughs> but really, they're very hard to kill. They're extremely hardy. They. they mm-hmm. And again, I love lilacs. So,
1: so if you oh, get, I, I do So Chuck, just kill it. I mean, the point is, is. If you have to cut a bunch of branches of the lilac to get to that tree, cut that tree down low, the lilac will survive.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd be shocked if it didn't. And you could wait till this fall to do it. As you know, the, li, the lilac is a very fast-growing bush.
7: Yes, it is. So
2: if you cut off the back side, you know, down to give you access to that tree, cut the tree out like Ken said, uh, we would do some things like we talked about earlier, where we very carefully put a, an herbicide on the exposed cut of the stump.
1: I have the same issue. I have a a weed tree that loves to grow right in the middle of our Rosa Sharon, and every uh, year I've got to go. go. Um, every year I got to go in there and cut it down, chop up the chop up the tree. I don't put any herbicides on it. I just maintain it. That's okay. It. Well,
7: the problem is I've got a broken rotator cup right now, so I can't. I'll have have my brother or my nephew-in-law come over and help me. Um, Sure, sure. But um, it it won't kill the lilac at all.
1: It should not kill the lilac. We're never going to deal in definites, but it should not kill that lilac.
2: No, if you're careful, no, there's no reason in the world it should in any way, shape, or form. If anything, the lilac may thrive more because a lot of the nutrients the tree was stealing Will not be stolen anymore. Good point.
7: Good point. I know, you okay. know what? The last time my garage was cleaned out is when I went driving through it. <laughs> I, back, I, I I I I worked as a teacher's assistant. I had a child throw something at me and scratch my cornea. I backed into the garage, thinking I backed literally backed into the garage into the garage. The last time that garage was cleaned out is
2: when I went through it. I'm sorry for laughing. You
1: should be. You should <laughs> be. <You're> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Virginia, thank you so much for the entertaining phone thank call. You. We appreciate it so much. God bless
2: you. God you bless. stay well.
1: Thanks. All right. Um, real quick, we're going to take Richard one second, but Kevin from Pinckney called, and he said he has a problem with his pilot light going out in his water heater, Chuck. A lot of times when that they happens, they're either starving for oxygen told so they go out much, or sometimes it's actually a wind thing that can put out that pilot light. But usually it's a starving for oxygen. Yeah. Uh,
2: one, if it's in a separate closet slash utility room and there isn't enough airflow to keep the pilot light going, like you said, starves. And another one can literally be whatever chimney it exhausts into if you have a wind blowing over that chimney that, that creates an ex, uh, a fast draw, if you will. it can It can literally suck the pilot light right out of it
1: hopefully that helps kevin if you're listening and let's talk next let's talk to richard in flint good morning rich how can we help you good morning morning. uh well
5: uh, i'm trying to make this brief Uh, i live in a house built in 1955 and uh the parts of it that are not paneled in wood are have some kind of a hard uh wall finish and where the uh, the door in the house where it always cracks when the weather changes and you have to spackle it, uh, a pretty decent chunk of that fell out. And I'm looking at what the wall is made out of. And it, it it looks like mortar, but it also has uh, a layer of paper over it. So I'm not 100% sure if this is plaster or some kind of board that was put up back then. It doesn't look like drywall. So here's here's the picture. I called you about trying to hang a picture. And the issue is this. It's a big piece of art. It weighs 25 pounds. It's four by six feet. And I thought I would do the scientific thing and get a stud finder and find out where the support was in the wall. So I put this thing in there properly. Well, I I got a stud finder, learned how to use it, and I'm getting... All kinds of erratic readings with this finish, with this surface that I have in this house. So I'm hoping you can tell me some kind of methodical way I could find out. Uh, Now I'm not sure what's in here. If this is just stud construction with some kind of board fastened on what? it, or if it's plaster
1: or what. In the, in the old days, only thing Chuck had to do to find a stud was look in the mirror. Now it's a little bit harder. So, Richard, we get back from break. I think we'll be able to help you out, my friend. In the meantime, if you're thinking about a new roof, if you've got an older house like Richard does, and it still has maybe that old um, asbestos siding or the old aluminum siding, it's ready for a facelift. Yeah. Who should they call, Chuck?
0: They should call Pro Home Improvement. You have housing questions? The Inside Outside guys on WJR have the answers. Here are Ken and Chuck.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. Hey, I want to remind you, uh, Beauchamp Water Treatment Solutions tells us that if you have a hardness of 16 grains per gallon of water, which is not much, common, say, yeah. pretty common, yeah. the equivalent of that in a year is 250 pounds of rock in your pipes, Ken and I always talk about how the horizontal pipes in your basement or crawl underneath your floor f- floor frame just sit there full of water and the sediments in those pipes, in that water, can settle into the pipes and clog them up over yeah, time.
1: Yep, yep, And as they move, I mean, if, if those stick to the bottom of those pipes over time, as they move, water moves faster, slower, you pick up those sediments. And in one year's time, that house can literally put a 250-pound boulder through your water system.
2: Well, and the, yeah, the issue, of course, is that you block up the pipes over the over the course of the year. If you get little pieces of that into a faucet, it could mess up a shower faucet. It could actually, long story short, uh, cause all kinds of problems with your plumbing system. That's why you want to
1: call Beauchamp Water Treatment Solutions for a free in-home water test today. All right, we're talking with Richard from Flint. Richard, you still there, buddy? Yes, sir. Chuck, if you could do a brand-new house right now, and there are guys out there that could do it in wet plaster, and you had the money to do it, would you rather do drywall or wet plaster? Wow. I'm doing wet plaster all day long. I don't know if I would.
2: Um, I mean, I love wet plaster. We actually did a process called thin coat plaster that I love. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of assumptions. There's a whole range mm. of discussion, but one of the things we always did with drywall was use thicker drywall. Uh, than most people do. More dense. Well, it became it was also denser at the time. Today they make lightweight product, but we used five eighths product, uh, five eighths inch product that was truly denser. It was a lot heavier than a piece of, a sheet of half inch
1: back. Then. And I got you, you go to one of those sheets now, and you have young kids. You're gonna dent oh. the heck out of those walls. Yeah. So getting to Richard, who sounds like he has the wet plaster. I mean. Chuck, I've hung heavy pictures on just the wet plaster walls, not worrying about a stud. Those, those can hold a lot of weight. To me, I always uh, akin them to laying a, dry, a driveway vertically because <laughs> it's almost hard as concrete out okay.
2: there. I mean, it is hard. Um, what might be confusing your stud finder, you might have a, I don't know, is there a metal lath in the piece that fell out yeah, or I- no? Yeah.
5: Yeah, I'll, I'll, all I can tell you is this. In the, in the basement, I talked to you guys about this bathroom down there a long time ago. In the basement, they plastered, apparently, I'm certain, plastered the ceiling, uh, finished basement, and the naturally there were plumbing disasters in the bathroom. The bathrooms are stacked on top of each other in this house. And you can see where they tore the old ceiling out. You can see the edges of the lathe, you know, that they had to cut. So it would not surprise me that it's it's uh, some kind of plaster system, and it's possible that the and couple that with the thickness of this material, where it's cracked off by the door here, I've got a piece, I've got a hole that's a good half an inch deep, and you still can't see anything but more mortar, more material. So. my guess is yep. my my amateur guess is that there is some kind of lath in there and a pretty thick structure. And I don't know if you just take a drill to that and make a hole in it or Well
1: you may have to. What you do. Um but that makes ch- makes sense, Chuck, that lath slash mesh would mess up trying to find that. Exactly. So what you may want to do and hopefully at that at that house they were sixteen inch on center, the wall studs, or what do you think? Try to measure. Try to measure off a corner, and then use the smallest little drill bit you can find. And when you drill, you're looking for the wood. Once you get through the plaster, you're looking for that wood. And if you just have a little bit of I caulk gotcha. with you, once you once you drill that hole, just fill it full of some some white caulk.
2: Yeah, and what we used to do, we would you know. do that at the top of the baseboards. There you go. Because right? no one's going to see them.
3: Great, great. Okay, the bottom of the stud
2: sense. will be available to you at the top of the baseboard. And, and that's a real. I thought I'd learn something. To,
5: I thought I'd learned something in the basement because I have one room that's not finished. But the wall in here uh, is 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 so it's not, it's not telling me anything. I can see the ends of the floor joists look like standard lumber, so didn't learn anything about the wall down here.
1: Well, I can tell um, you uh, a, a a wet plaster ceiling. Wow, that's. It must taken some work but you're right this is a matter of time before there's a, a plumbing leak
5: exactly yeah uh, yeah i i and uh, i've the, this bathroom is uh i'm downstairs now is an obviously a room by itself but the other bathroom upstairs sits on top of the finished ceiling in the nice recreation room part of the house, and I just dread the day when I have a problem here uh, because uh, there's going to be nothing to do but tear out finished ceiling here to get to uh, some of the plumbing. So I, yep. I've got to move before that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Richard, we appreciate your call. So okay. hope everything works out for you. Okay. Well,
5: and I want to say, I want to say, you guys. I called you three years ago, real quick, about my son-in-law down in St. Petersburg. I don't know if you remember talking to me about a uh, an outso- outside uh, water heater that was squealing and making all kinds of noise, and they wanted four or five thousand dollars to replace it. And one of you gave us the name of a guy in St. Petersburg. I'm he came shocked. out and made some adjustments. The thing stopped making noise, and three years later, it's still perfect. Charged my son in law 75 bucks, So it was a very, very worthwhile call to you guys. Uh, to, to we sincerely appreciate, appreciate
2: that. Send your check to Ken Calverly. <laughs> no,
1: we need, we need him. We need a, commer- a commercial from this guy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Richard. Well, We're I'll, glad I'll we it. could help you so okay. <laughs> We appreciate Thank it. Stay you. in touch with us. Bye. God bye bless you. Bye
2: bye. Yep, That's really bye. cool. That is cool. Yeah, thank you. That, that is cool. That is a dilemma. It's funny. You mentioned that <laughs> with the thickness of those plaster walls to find, try to find a stud. It can be darn difficult to do.
1: Well, I had a good idea with a little small drill, and then you improved on it by going outside of I eye, eye range on the bottom. That's a great idea. I've had
2: to do that so many times, and, and the key, obviously, is that you can find the studs and... If you screw up, you can easily repair something that people aren't going to know, you know, exists anyway. So I've always top of the base.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree with it. I agree. And speaking of basements, our friends at Basements Plus want to make sure you guys know that they are there for you to repair your basement, to get your basement dry. And then if you want to make it a great living space, it's always easier to go down and create more living space than it is to go over or up. So next time you're thinking about increasing your living space, make sure you consider Basements Plus.
2: Yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. We'll have to do a show on basements. There are so many cool choices. You're right. You're right.
1: Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven.
2: You know the garage thing. People will email us. You know, how much does a garage cost? <laughs> and it's it's such a funny thing because it could cost you a hundred bucks a square foot. It can cost you a thousand or more a square foot. It just depends on so many things. You're right. It really does. finish it with.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, it does nowadays. And what people are are really surprised is nowadays, depending on the size of the garage, the concrete work can cost just as much as the garage being built. Oh, man.
2: It's amazing how much money you can dump into that. If you're doing brick on the outside, obviously that, that adds to the expense, the type of roof, the slope of roof. Uh, those things make a big difference. And then do you go inside and are you going to insulate and drywall because that
1: adds cost? Is it attached? Is it? I det- mean,
2: essentially, you're building a house without some of the mechanical systems.
1: Is you're right. What it comes down to. Oh, you're right. Right. Is it attached? Is it detached? You know, and there's different codes for whether they are attached or they're a detached garage. So, any questions you have? Eight 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 six five four guys, which equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven.
2: It's funny you mention the cost of the concrete because I'm thinking, you know, with garages today, most jurisdictions, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, are going to require a full footing. Right. Underneath that.
1: Well, we did talk about that because unbelievably to me, Chuck, we are still under the 2015 code, which to me is just government. <laughs> Tell you about government, okay? Not uh,
2: unusual, actually.
1: I know. And there's something wrong that that's not unusual. That makes it even worse. Well, we have the, the, the 2000. So, you're for
2: more codes, more restrictive codes. No. Get them in place no. as fast as possible. That
1: means that we have now, what, seven years of codes that have been made for whoever, where, and they're not in the books yet.
2: Yeah. I, I don't have an issue with that. And again, we've been doing that for a long time. I know we have. We're supposed to do three year cycles. But Michigan. Gosh, in my memory, I don't know if we've ever done a three-year cycle. So you know
1: me. You know. I'm not for um, – there's a lot of things in Michigan I'm not for. Yeah. but So, so what would, would you have
2: in the code today that wasn't already in there in 15 that you think would improve? Well, the improve? quick thing
1: is the foundations. I, I don't like being able to do a 400-square-foot structure or less than that. I think a foundation is so critically important. I don't think they're done right. If you're going to let someone do a rat wall, then the code should be reinforced with steel. Something like that. We'll discuss it when we get back to yeah. break, okay? Yeah. And take your phone calls 888 654. Guys, let's go ahead and make this next segment sponsored by Basements Plus.
0: Here for you today and every day. This is the Inside Outside Guys on WJR. Here are Chuck and Ken.
1: With over 80 years of combined housing experience, The Inside Outside Guys need to be your one-place shop for any and all of your housing needs, 24-7 at theinsideoutsideguys.com. Okay, Chuck, a non-housing stat. Research has shown that men get bored after just 26 minutes of shopping with their wife or girlfriend, and I think that's too long. Because I get bored watching my wife shop online.
2: <laughs> do you enjoy, have you ever gone out and shopped
1: for your wife? Well, now, I've been married her 35 stuff? years. You know I have. Of course I have. Do you enjoy doing it? If it's at Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's, I do. <laughs> very
2: much. <laughs> that yeah. new
1: fishing pole she wants. Yes, watched. exactly. No, I love, I tell you what, years ago I was married probably 10 years at the time. We were going to a wedding. And I went out and bought my wife a black dress. And she looked great in that black dress. And ever since then, I try to go out periodically and buy her something like that when we have an event coming up, and she okay. really likes it.
2: So you just got to embrace that when you're in the middle of them shopping.
1: No, that that being means <laughs> I, every year I give her one day a year in December. And how nice of me, right? Give her damn my time to go shopping for Christmas. And we'll go wherever she wants to go, and I will follow her around like a puppy dog on a leash, but what I don't usually do is go into every store with her. I'll sit outside and people watch is what I do. So,
2: I don't disagree.
1: Okay. 888-654-GUYS. We're going to talk to Bob and then Lou. Let's start with Bob and Roscommon. Good morning, Bob. You're on with the guys.
6: Good morning. Yeah. I'm uh, thinking about uh, I have a 1,500-square-foot house, a story and a half, and electric baseboard heat. And I'm thinking about, I've been looking at a carrier mini-split 18, HVAC, to put yes, in my sir. main room and see if that would save me some uh, money.
1: In the long term, it'll save you some money, Chuck. It'll be
2: real long. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, you don't have air conditioning right now,
1: and
6: right. you could and get it. I don't it. really need it.
2: Huh? Okay. You could get it with that mini-split. I mean, the benefit of baseboard heat, you probably have multiple thermostats, right? Yes, I do. So if you want to save money and shut off two-thirds of the house and just heat a third of it, you can easily do?
6: I do that now, but it still costs me, like, uh, uh, unless I burn a lot of firewood, it costs me uh, close to $200 a month. Okay. so here's what you have
2: to do you have to say to yourself how much is it going to cost me to install that mini split system
6: it's about $200
2: okay so at 200 bucks a month during the heating season that's maximum a thousand dollars a year we're being generous in that regard that's eight years right there to get back to even right and the you aren't going to get back to even because you're still going to be heating other parts of the house, and you're still going to spend some money to run that mini-split system. So you could be 10 years before you could break even or more. Yeah. Okay. So just a thought. We All love right. mini-splits. Pardon? We love mini-splits.
6: And I understand that uh, some, I don't know about like like and some, People had one put in years ago, a heat pump, it didn't do. But now I
2: understand that they're much more efficient. And they are. They're extremely. They're scary efficient.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And you, you know, again, again, Bob, it's about comfort. I mean, if, if that's what it's going to take for you to be comfortable in your home and you're not worried about the investment, do it.
6: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm I don't move like I used to, and uh, I have a insert in my fireplace that does very well. But uh, it's hard okay. for me to get firewood now, and I thought maybe instead of trying to burn wood all winter, this would help. Well, like I it, said, it it cost, the most important, thousand know, bucks for firewood for the winter because I can't cut sure. it myself any. Sh- yeah. Bob,
1: it's all about you being comfortable. It costs a little more money for you to be yeah. comfortable in your home, and you can afford it. It's in your budget. We would recommend you do it. So. Okay. Sir, you have a great day. We appreciate your phone call. Let's talk to Scott. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's talk to Lou in Ann Arbor. You're thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. We're going to talk to Lou in Ann Arbor. Hi, Lou. Hi, guys. How can we help you, sir?
5: Okay. Um, before you were talking about the uh, insulated garage doors, and both of you have them, can I uh, have insulation added to the, the two door? a two door garage, uh, that, uh, door that I have without, um, and save money rather than buy a whole new door that's insulated. Can I insulate what I have? Um, and, and, and who would do that?
1: <clears throat> uh, I don't know if we could find anyone to do that actual project. Cause I mean, the only thing he can do is get rigid foam, correct, Chuck?
2: Yeah. They're going to glue rigid foam to the panels. Um, which could be a very effective.
1: And DIY.
2: No sun exposure, so you don't have to worry about the foam degrading. Uh, maybe one of the handyman services we could have you try. If you got a pen handy, we can give you one. Yes. Try I'm handyman ready. handyman connections. Okay.
6: 734 two
2: zero five.
6: Right.
1: Nine thousand. Nine thousand. Right. So, now, Lou, uh, Lou, yeah, let me tell you what you're what you're what you're probably looking for because of the thickness of the garage is somewhere around an R ten. Right. When you say Chuck, an R ten is going to fit in there. Two inch. That'd be two inches of styrofoam. Yep. So, and there's, you're just going to call them and tell them you need rigid foam insulation glued to the inside of the door, the garage door. Right. Now, would that
5: in any way put a burden on either the opener or the springs or the weight um, of the door, or is it negligible?
1: Chuck can even pick up one
2: of these. I'd say it was negligible. (laughs) Yeah, I can still pick up a a sheet of that stuff. Uh, Yeah, very little weight.
1: Yep. So hopefully, Lou, that helps you. Um, If you need anything else, please let us know. Anyone that, Scott, I apologize about the raccoon issue, called Rove, R-O-V-E, Pest solutions, they can get out. Pest control, I apologize. Thank you. They can get out there and take care of that raccoon for you. Or, Scott, you can call us back tomorrow morning between 10 and noon. Stay tuned for the next hour with Paul W. Smith and Robin Max from Motor City Floors and Coatings right here on AM 760 WJR.